Okay, hi everyone and welcome to the Parma podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to uh, to be here again and I'm really excited today because uh, a good friend of mine's back on the show. I haven't spoken to him for ages and it's really, really great to have him back. Welcome back, Drew Brown. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's always good to have you on. It's always good to talk to you, whether we're recording or not. Um, it's been like a year at least, or 18 months even, maybe. So. Yeah, like, yeah, I think we, so. Last time we talked was before the pandemic, I think. Yeah. yeah I think you're right. Man, gosh, time, oh, time is strange, yeah. isn't it? Um <laughs> Uh, and if you don't know, Drew, Drew is, a, is a musician, amongst other things, a very talented musician. Um, uh, yeah, we've talked about his musical work before. Just tell us a bit about, uh, briefly a bit about that before we get on to what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, um, yeah, my name's Drew Brown, and I, I'm a singer-songwriter, producer, and activist here in, uh, in Canada, in the Toronto area of Canada. And, um... Yeah, I do the singer-songwriter thing, lots of pubs and bars and, and music festivals around uh, the nation. But I also do um, music for, I guess, for spiritual practices, um, whether it's prayer or reading or hiking or yoga, meditation. Um, it's a lot of instrumental stuff. And soon, um, some sort of liturgical things that churches can kind of use to um, help with or to speak on like justice and anti-racism and things that kind of matter because I, I know that a lot of churches don't have a whole lot of resources in-service resources for that and so I want to help if I can so I'll be creating stuff like that anyway so that project is called Hymns for the Architect so yeah that's kind of what I do for now yeah <laughs> and it's, I, I would check out Hymns for the Architect on Spotify uh, or wherever you get music because it is really, really great. Um, and we'll talk about that in another episode. But today, um, we're going to talk about something else. People know that I've been doing this series on my show, this on-off series kind of geek philosophy. Um, going into kind of talking about pop culture, talking about um, fictional characters, uh, fictional universes, um, and talking about um, the deeper meaning of these stories, why those stories are important what these stories mean for us and for our own personal journeys and for the world generally. And uh, it's a subject that I'm really passionate about and um, we've had a few great episodes already. And today we're going to be exploring uh, a show that was on uh, Disney Plus earlier in 2021, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, And... Uh, there will be spoilers in this episode. In this episode, so if you haven't seen it, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, you've had enough time to see it already now. So um, it's been like an entire other series that's happened since then. So um, yeah, uh, there are going to be spoilers, a lot of spoilers in this episode. So uh, just be warned if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go and watch the whole thing because it's fantastic. Um, um, but yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll just briefly kind of fill you in for those who are kind of newish or uh, unfamiliar. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, is essentially about uh, Sam Wilson uh, and Bucky Barnes, who are the two best friends of Steve Rogers, who is Captain, who was Captain America, and Captain America's now gone. Um, 
and so it's kind of their journey about processing their grief of losing him and finding their new roles in the world and just finding the new role for Captain America and there's a whole bunch of issues around systemic racism uh, and white supremacy and loads of other things in this show um, it's really a character arc for both these characters especially for Sam Wilson um, and yeah so I mean Drew what was this show about for you what did it what did it really mean to you mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely about all those things it was definitely about race and systemic racism and yeah white supremacy and and just also it gave us a kind of a unique perspective of I guess the black perspective you know what would it be like you know as a black man to kind of carry this kind of mantle it's a dangerous thing to be um, you know a black Captain America and we heard that in the show Um, and so that was really cool but also there's a sense of um, redemption and growth when you think about uh, Bucky's sort of um, his his character growth in the show. Um, you know, he's dealing and working out all the stuff that Hydra put him through, and all the guilt that he's working through. And um, he sort of it's it was really cool. There's, a, there's this amazing scene where they're playing catch, essentially Sam and Bucky. Yeah. And they're just playing catch, you know, like brothers would. And um, it's it turns into this beautiful therapy moment for Bucky as Sam just pours into him and says, listen, you can be whoever you want to be. You are a good dude. Just, just really, really gives him space and gives him the sense of uh, love and, you know, kind of like brotherly love and uh, uh, that sense of, of comfort and, and, and safety that Bucky's just needing. He's needing that. So for me, it was those two things. It's a sense of kind of like finding one's own identity after your identity being stripped with Bucky. And then also trying to find a new identity for Sam because he doesn't feel comfortable being Captain America, and rightfully so. There's a many, like, like uh, at least Steve was handed the shield by the government, you know? He was handed the shield with intention, you are Captain America. Hmm. You know, in, in a lot of ways, Sam's kind of like, okay, yeah, sir, sir, Steve gave me the shield, but do I actually have the right to do this? Is this the right thing to do? Or maybe Captain America, that title, should be retired because Steve was such a brilliant dude who did so much and fought for so much, like even going against the government, you know, the people who gave him the mantle in the first place. You know, maybe it's worthwhile just, you know, like hanging up the shield and letting that title die. And he thought that's what was happening. He thought that, yeah, the government was saying, yeah, you know, give us a shield, give us stuff. Let's just honor Captain America for who he is, who he was, and move on. He didn't know that they would just hire a new Captain America. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny in that episode where he gives up the shield, there was something in my intuition that was like, this isn't the right thing to do. This isn't exactly. This isn't wise. This isn't why Steve gave you the, the shield. Like, I, um, you know, if he wanted it to be given back he would have given it back himself he wouldn't have that's right he wouldn't have given it to you <laughs> um you know and it's funny actually as the show goes on you see the the character arc of, of especially of um of um of the falcon 
um, you you see that ah Steve believed in this guy all along, and now he's starting to realise what Steve knew all along about this guy. Um, and um, which kind of tells you a bit about Steve's character again. You know, and we, we've done an episode on Steve on this show. It's uh, we and uh, Steve Rogers and uh, how great a character he is, and he just believes in people, um, uh, and he believed in him and. Yeah, uh, uh, in Sam and 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 yeah, at the end of the series, you see Sam kind of reach his embodiment moment and, be- and actually embrace the identity that Steve has has bestowed on him in a sense, or part the mantle that he passed on to him. Um, but yeah, the start of the series when he does that, you just know what's going to happen, uh, and <laughs> and it does, you know, and it's like it's still a really horrible moment. I remember watching that the end of that first episode where the new Captain America appears and I'm like I was just I was just like so angry I was like you yeah. know yeah. could you just look you have to look at him and just like no that's not Captain America like that that's just not him he's not that's not who you know he's just not him um he's wearing a suit but he's not that's not him that's not him because you realise then that Captain America is more than about the suit it's not about the suit it's about that's right that's it's about right. character um yeah the one issue I had with the show, I mean, it, the show was great, and I really enjoyed um, how they approached the story. I kind of wish they doubled down on the race element a little bit more. I feel, um, <laughs> and I say that knowing that there's a lot of heavy-handed stuff in the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware. Um, but I feel um, the race element is kind of like the, the, the issue here. It's this, um, it's such a big part. And you think about, um, I, oh, man, I should have made notes walking into this thing. Um, think about <laughs> Isaiah, I forgot his name, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And that part of the, that part of the show and that part of the story and, and that was so heavy, so beautiful, so hard to hear. And it felt like they just moved on from that really quickly, only to mm. tie it near the end. But I was like, oh, man, this is, like, there, there needs to be some accountability here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. I feel like there, more could have been done. Now, again, it was a great series. It, Mar- I, I applaud Marvel for... Um, approaching this so well, making it entertaining, but also thought-provoking. I'm very, very thankful we did it. But as a part of me, it's kind of like, man, if they should double down on it. They really should have like leaned in, kind of exposing what you know what we saw with Steve. Like Steve was kind of like, we can't trust this government. They do not have our best interest at heart, right? And so we got Nomad out of that, right? And I mm-hmm. think it would have been cool to continue that unraveling. Um, and which we did a little bit, but it would have been really cool to see Sam be like, you know what, we, uh, I think my role as Captain America is to lead up. Mm. And again, we saw that a little bit. We did at the we very did. end. We the very end, day. yeah. And right? Yeah. But I think, I think that, I, I feel like it could have been, um, I wanted more. I wanted more. Because it's, yeah. 
they dealt with it so so well. I just wish they leaned into it a bit mm. more. And maybe that's just me. Maybe no, I'm just like I, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I that, there was one episode in particular where they really leaned into it, uh, mm. where he says, you know, Isaiah says he's the, he was he was the first guy to get the serum, and he was the guy that that they got it first and the, and and they basically tried to hide him they they locked him up they they pretended he didn't exist you know and it's kind of like gosh yeah kind of you know it's the same thing that happens all the time you know the systemic racism kind of things are covered up and um hidden and you know and yeah uh and then kind of that scene where they're outside his house um yes. uh, bucky and sam and the police turn up, right? And That's right. they're both getting into the car and they're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing suspicious happening whatsoever. And Sam gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I got ch- I, lit- I, mean, I got chilled for the wrong reasons, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right? I was kind of like, whoa, this is really real. This is like, because... Yeah, I mean, this is actually what happens, you know. Like, um, and I, because, because you know, I've, I've done, I've done enough. Edu- I've educated myself a lot on systemic racism, and, and we've seen a lot of it in the news in the last twelve months, especially. Like, um, and you know, especially when you think of um, uh, of what happened last year, um, and and it was like it was almost like that was it was something like that happening on screen. It was like whoa. Okay, they're really addressing this issue, um, and I thought I was really—I was—I mean, it was great that they were doing it, and the way they did it was so—it felt real. Like you could feel yeah. the tension, you could feel yeah. the energy in that in that scene. Um, yeah, and I think it was really important that they did that. Um, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and you're right—they should have—they should have leaned into that a little bit more. Um, and it would have been interesting to see where that goes. And I. I do think it was kind of an underlying theme of the whole se- series, and that yeah. speech at the end that he makes kind of addresses it, doesn't it? That massive speech. It does. And yes. I, I mean, I got I got emotional listening to that speech. It was like, whoa. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I think. I think, but I, that's the problem. That was underlying. <laughs> like I think about um, like one of the reasons why Sam didn't want to keep it, and why. Uh, Isaiah was kind of like they can't they will never be a black Captain America it wasn't because you know he thought that black people couldn't handle it or that Sam was just you know I remember Bucky called him a coward no he wasn't a coward he knew that in America a black person or any person of color carrying that mantle carrying that shield it would never be fully embraced if anything he'd probably put a target on his back you know, because yeah. because it is such a racial-filled um, um, environment, and Captain America represents. Even though Steve was you know a beautiful man, he was also somewhat naive. Oh, um, um, I can't remember what Tony Stark called him, but something about he was like sinfully optimistic. Like he was unfortunately so optimistic that he actually didn't see how this could be a struggle for Sam. He didn't see how passing on the mantle actually could be dangerous for Sam in a mm. lot of ways. Um, I, even like, I remember social media when things, when the show was coming out and people were talking about the elements of racial inequality, you know, in the show, um, you know, on Instagram or, or even like TikTok, people were freaking 
out specifically why people were freaking out because all these reviewers or all these people who are like you know creating really really cool content about the show they're like why are you making everything about race and it turned from like stop talking about race so much to actually really hateful comments like really really like seriously racially um, venomous stuff and I remember thinking like well this is exactly what Sam and Isaiah is talking about yeah <laughs> yeah it's like you and just so, proved the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> well done like, this is it this is, this is the whole thing right here um and so and that's why Sam would be like the, to the, I can't remember the, uh, the Flag Smashers yeah I'm gonna say the so Flag Smashers like, yeah he was like man I, I, you guys are right I, I agree with what you're doing yeah like, I'm with you like I, yeah. I agree. Everything you're doing is right because they are fighting for the freedom of all people, regardless of of race and cash and all. They were, what they did was horrible. Their methods were terrible. Yes, they were. That was the issue. That was, they were like doing some terrible, foolish things. But what they're fighting for was kind of like that's, that's a Captain America thing to fight for. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Struggle around the 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 experience of people who are disenfranchised, who are, you know, like, um, uh, who, who who there is that struggle there, and Sam knew that if he wore the shield, he would be one of those people who would be coming on an attack, and that's, I th- I wish they would have leaned into that and expressed that more and talked about that more. Thank God for the Isaiah element because he definitely underlined that really really well and brought that home stronger. But um, mm. but yeah, I wish that we would heard more from Sam about that. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because they're making a, a movie, aren't they, of um, they Sam yeah. of Captain Amer- as Captain America, which I think is awesome, by the way. Um, Same here, man. Same here. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they delve into that a bit more in that movie uh, and what things because it's the same writing team as well. That's right. Um, That's right. So they, they may well dig into that a bit more, and I'm. I'm sure that um, the Winter Soldier will be in that movie as well. <laughs> um, I mean, the chemistry between those two is just fantastic. It really is. I like you saw the beginnings of it in like Civil War when they were kind of like yeah. bantering off each other, like "Who loves Steve more?" kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Great>. like, <laughs> like who's Steve's real best friend? You know, <laughs> like, um, and that's literally what it was in that movie. Yeah, it was quite, yeah. it was quite funny, um, but. Um, yeah, and you see a bit more of that, like, and it's it, it's it's really interesting. I, I was really fascinated by how they explored grief as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's such a big theme, um, as well as race, um, yeah, because they're both. Right. Because I mean, it's not actually overtly stated, um, but it's quite clear at the start of the movie that that Steve Rogers has died. Um, <laughs> Because uh, obviously at the end of Endgame you see him as quite an old man. Like, I think he would have been about 120 years old or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's finally passed away, and so they're they're grieving. His, you know, their friend's gone, um, and they've got to find a way to live in a world without him. And um, and they're both angry that he's gone, and you know they've got they're carrying all this stuff that they're, that they're not dealing with, and and at the same time they're dealing with all this other stuff with Captain America and who and somebody else taking on that role who's not worthy of of of, of the shield and yeah that's right like they're both trying to 
honor his memory in the way that they think they need to, but um, there's a lot of anger. They have a lot of anger in the early episodes, um, especially at each other as well. Um, and it's uh, it's just fascinating that you know, that how they go on that journey because it's, it, it's kind of like the deconstruction journey, which is deconstruction in a way is kind of naming your grief and dealing with it and processing it uh, rather than rather than covering it in certainty because you've covered it in certainty and then when you deconstruct the certainty goes so you have to start dealing with it right and mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the journey of that movie of the, sorry, the movie the series um yeah they're kind of both kind of it's almost like they've been so tied to steve for so long they don't know their identity without him and right. and they have to both go and find that um and obviously they do and of course yeah, yeah. steve knows knows who they are already and knew who they were going to be and beforehand you know sometimes i, I found myself watching the series thinking well, i i kind of like steve to pop in and make some kind of comment about how they're doing and stuff and you know one of the amazing one of those one of those speeches that he always made you know like yeah you kind of yeah and it's kind of yeah kind of a i mean like we were grieving steve as well because he didn't die in endgame he had the happy ever after in endgame um but this is like oh he's actually gone right and so we've got to learn to process we've got to deal with that as well the viewer because that's the one thing that the MCU do so well is that you end up building these emotional attachments to these characters and they become like your friends. And so when they die, then you have to grieve that. Like like everyone and everyone remembers in Endgame and in the cinema, like it was an emotional wreck when Tony Stark died. Like you could hear like the whole cinema crying. Like it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was tangible, and that's because we connect with these characters um, because they're written so well, and they take time to allow us to invest in them. And so now Steve's gone, and we've got to figure out, okay, what, 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 what's this world look like now without him? You know, exactly. and, and you keep wanting exactly. him to come back, and you know, but then you have to kind of like, oh, he's not going to come back, you know. Um, but the other the other thing as well in the, in this in the show, um, white supremacy, um, the yeah. new the new Captain America, like um, John Walker, he's like he's like almost the embodiment of white supremacy. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, he takes this power and then he kind of basically gets drunk on power. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that scene, isn't there, at the end of that episode, which I, where he kills that man who killed his best yeah. friend. And it's like, and you can, in one sense, you can feel the anger that he's angry that his best friend's dead, right? You can understand yep. someone being angry about that. Yep. But then, but 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 then going taking that and killing someone because of it, that's not, that's not Captain America. You know? Exactly. <laughs> it's not, um, yeah, and I, yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I I thought that that was like a brilliant way to show how broken he is and how broken the system is. Because not only did he kill a man, he killed a man who actually was innocent. Like, yeah, for sure, he was helping the Flag Smashers, but he wasn't the one who killed. Um, uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Um, 
Not Black Star. Brave Star? No. What was his code name? What was John Walker's friend's code name? Battle uh, Battlestar? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, got, I can't remember to hand, honestly. Um, I wish I could. I think it was Battlestar. I should, man, I should have made notes. Um, <laughs> so like, he, he was a guy who was like helping, you know, like get the, like, that's it. He was like a random guy who was just helping out. Um, but he was kind of like, I am judge and jury and executioner. Here we go. Um, that's not a Captain America thing to do. I think, and here's, okay, so here's another thing. I, I'm going to say something that's big, that no one else always say ever. I actually like John Walker. And I'll tell you why. Not that I think he's a good guy, but he perfectly represents America. (laughs) 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 He is a guy who's just trying to do what he's told to do in the best way he possibly can. He's told to be a killer machine. He is. He's told to be an amazing soldier. He is. He's, you know, he's just, all he's trying to do is just tech, check all the boxes he possibly can. When he was in court, he said, I'm, I'm getting the words wrong because I don't have it, you know, memorized, but essentially he's pretty much saying, I did everything you wanted me to do. I'm exactly how you made me. And I was like, boom. Like, he actually represents America. He is America embodied. Yeah, and So absolutely, yeah. Kind of like... Right? And so him, like, working through that a little bit, you know, like, with his grief, it wasn't just the fact that, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble, but there was something he was kind of like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? There was a sense of him um, coming to recognize that, wow, I'm broken because America is so broken. Um, yeah, I that's have right. gone too far. I have, you know, I've, this is not the way it should have been. And I allowed it to happen because I thought I was doing the right thing by being the best Captain America I could be, a.k.a. the best version of America embodied. Yeah, and that's right. You're right. He's not a bad person, John Walker. Right, he's not, yeah. He's not, but he's doing what he thinks is the right thing. He's doing what he thinks is his duty, right? Right, Um, right. And... I mean, yeah, that's right. I understand what you mean when you said that. You, know, you you kind of almost feel a bit of empathy for him because he's a product of his country. He's a product of exactly. his system. Exactly. And he only starts to realise that later on when, you know, when after he's, after he's murdered that guy and he's starting to think about what he's done. Um, and, yeah, and it's, his arc is an interesting one because... You know, uh, and especially at the end, because he 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 gets approached by the countess um, to yeah. be put to work, and you wonder, and she's not a trustworthy character, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? right? She's kind of making him think think that she is, and in fact, she's not, and she's probably going to manipulate him into doing things that maybe that that aren't good things, but make him think that they are. Um, and yeah, it's a, he's an interesting character. I'm sure we'll see him in the movie as well. Um, oh, I hope so. Um, that, I think he'll probably end up being the villain, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's again, 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 he's not a, like a lot of villains. He won't. He's he doesn't start out as a bad person, um, right. but things happen to him that shape him, and the way he responds to them make him into a villain. I think that's a that's a. Like, 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 
I hated, well, I mean, again, like, I, yeah, I thought he was great. I thought he was great because of, yeah, what he represented. Um, uh, because it's so horrible <laughs> and terrible. And I hated the way he, um, collaboration for him. Like, there was many times where he'd be like, hey, Sam and Bucky, let's work together, guys. Let's do this thing. Let's work. We can we can fight these guys together. But fight. But working together is pretty much like yeah, we're gonna do things my way. Yeah, exactly. We're, On we're, his terms. Like, it, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's I got the answers. I know what I'm doing. Work with me in my way. I'm like, uh, that's not the way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he symbolized every every kind of like um, white supremacy kind of like. You know, oh look, I have a token black friend, kind of. Ra- you know, like it's, it is yeah, this horrible sense of entitlement, and I don't even know what. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Just I know what you mean. Jerk. I, <laughs> and I thought it's so fascinating. Um, because when you first meet John, he, he comes across as this tender-hearted, wanting to do the right thing, like a Boy Scout kind of person. Yeah, but again. And he is. He is. Deep down, that's exactly who he is. Um, it's just, he, he's putting, he's trying his best to be exactly who the government wants. And that kind of person is a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. That's essentially it. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's not done the work of unlearning his privilege and things. Right, right, um, right. He's not aware of his privilege. And so I think as the show goes on, he starts to be, become more aware of things like that. But it, but it, takes, <laughs> it takes him doing a horrible thing for that to happen. Um, it takes him losing his best friend for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's like a tragedy, you know, really, his story. Um, almost a bit like Anakin Skywalker, you know, it's like... Yeah, he starts yeah. out trying to do the right thing, you know, yeah. trying to help people, trying to be the right, be the good guy, and be who everyone wants him to be, and the system just like messes him up. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so his story is going to be an interesting one to see what, where it goes, you know, because um, yeah. uh, he has the super serum in him now, yeah, um, right. as well. And I thought that was really interesting as well. That it was a small thing, but the whole kind of you know Sam has the opportunity to take the super serum and doesn't mm-hmm. right he's like yeah, well you can be Captain America you can have the super serum you can have all the all the kind of you know super strength and agility and all of those things like uh, and really be Captain America and he's like I don't want it I don't want that you know yeah. because he I think and because then you know that that's when you know he may, he gets what it means to be Captain America because like it's not about the serum; it's about who you are. It's about your mm-hmm. character. Um, like Steve Rogers didn't need the serum to be Captain America. He was already like you remember in the first Captain America movie when he, right. that scene where they throw the grenade and he jumps on it. Um, and he's like this weedy kind of small guy, but he just jumps on the grenade and it's a and it's a dud. But nobody knows that except nobody knows that, and he does it anyway. And that's what Captain America is. And Sam gets that, and um, and in the end, he doesn't actually need the, the serum to be Captain America, and he he kind of 
forges his own his own destiny as Captain America with with the Falcon wings. You know, I mean, it's such a cool moment. It's quite an emotional moment when you see him in the suit for the first time, and you see him flying in the suit for the first time. Oh, so good! I was like, I was in tears. You know, it was yeah, it was yeah. just like wow, because like, it's just you get you see him embracing who he who he is and just yeah. without any fear anymore. Like. I'm not going to be afraid to be who I am. Um, That's right. And, um, and also you kind of cry as well because you kind of get that sense of Steve kind of looking down and said, yeah, you did well. Well done. Kind of thing. <laughs> you know? I'm crying yeah. now talking about it. Um, oh, man. It's, um, yeah, it's, I'm, it's, it really is kind of his journey into kind of discovering his identity. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and making peace with, with, with the loss of Steve. That's right. It's funny watching, uh, like, Captain America, the first Avenger, um, the idea was, um, you know, like, the last thing we need is a good soldier, what we need is a good man, and Steve's a good man, and so he was worthy of carrying that mantle, right? Mm. John Walker is a good soldier. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's, that's, that's it. But with Sam... What we have here is actually both. Yeah. Like, no, one, no one ever talked about how amazing Sam's fighting skills were in that show. Like, he took on Walker a few times and held his own. He took on the, the Flag Smashers and held, like, I mean, yeah, he got his butt kicked a few times, too. But generally speaking, yeah. he held himself really, really well and creative. And um, he, he um, much like... Um, uh, how Tony Stark would always kind of learn the person's fighting styles. Like he would adjust the suit for the next movie because <laughs> he he knew how he failed in the, in the previous one. Sam was like, okay, he, they fight like this, so I'm going to fight like this, and he was able to hold his own so well. The, he's a great soldier. The difference is he's also a brilliant, loving man who cares for people so deeply. Yeah, is, like I, I've never seen a superhero, you know, put his therapy hat on. With everybody, <laughs> like whether it's the uh, Carly and the Flag Smashers, he was like, "Let me help you. How? Let's do this together." Even John, like it's, and and Bucky, like he was always trying to connect to the good in someone. Yeah, and that's it. Good. And that's what Captain America does. That's what. Right. That's what Steve always did. Right. That's what he always did. Right. And it annoyed the hell out of everyone. And. <laughs> And but he just always managed to yeah, do it yeah, every exactly. time. Like those people are, are, the, are the most annoying people because they just they just don't give up on people, you know. And Steve never gave up on anybody. And um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it reminds me of um, Christopher Reeve's Superman. He's the same kind of character. Like never gave up on anybody. And that's always the kind of person I've wanted to be. Um, and it's very difficult to be like that. And um, yeah. Yeah, and I think you get a sense as well that Sam, Sam has always been like that, but has yeah. been scarred by life, and right. so wasn't and kind of stopped being that guy for a while. But Steve brought it back in him, you know, that he mm -hmm. kind of being around Steve kind of gave him more confidence to to let that part of himself out again. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you do that, you can get hurt when you when you believe in people. Um, and see the good in them all the time. Sometimes they let you down. Sometimes they hurt you. Um, and um, that happened to Steve. You know, 
Um, but um, yeah. Um, I remember that that moment in the Winter Soldier where Steve meets Sam at, at um, yes, you because know, Sam was running that um, that yeah. therapy group for soldiers, and Steve just looking at him and saying, "Well, this is the guy who has fought. This is a guy who served well, and he's still serving. We're serving now by." bring people into a deeper sense of healing and, and care and grace for themselves and the guy can kick butt any day any any time i think like, like steve saw that potential even then kind of like okay here's a here's a dude who's yeah he's jaded you know because you know the government hasn't really been supporting him a whole lot but he's putting all that energy into helping others into getting people into their sense of freedom and it's amazing how that part of Sam's character continued in the show in such a radical way where he can you know, reach out to the enemy, to the villains of the show, and be like, your story isn't over yet. Like, yeah, this can change. This can, like, there's good in you. Yeah. There's, like, I, I think that's so, so beautiful. And so, like, seeing that arc of, of that mantle of Captain America... You know, like like Steve being the cheerleader, <laughs> and then moving into in the first Avenger. You know, he was like a cheerleader kind of for America. Like, join, support the troops. And then he moved into kind of like, hold on for a second. I I, I can go save people now. I can save all these soldiers. I can bring them home. And he did the impossible. He brought these soldiers back. You know, and and then into the Avenger where he's like kind of like, listen, we need to do the right thing all the time, even if it costs us everything. <laughs> let's just make the right choice for the good he still believes in this hope in this freedom in this sense of justice and then Captain Winter Soldier that all breaks down it all turns to crap <laughs> right and that's yeah, like the system hold on for like, a second what yeah. <laughs> right? it's like what happened to this this is, this is all flawed yeah. this is all broken this is all corrupt this um, is what is America that I love this is not yeah. Yeah. and I thought it like and then and Civil War just totally ripped that to shreds. It's kind of like, no, this is America is now turning on us as the Avengers. It doesn't America doesn't represent the things that I'm fighting for anymore. This is not this is not right. Mm, yeah. And then and so it was so brilliant to see John represent America so well. <laughs> yeah. Face, right. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and so I'm curious, and this is where I'm kind of like, okay, how is this going to play out moving forward? Because Sam, and I I love Sam. I I did not know that they were going to like pass the mantle on the Sam. When, when I saw Winter Soldier, I totally thought it's going to be Bucky. I totally thought, just because of the way things work in the world, I was like, oh, Bucky's going to be new. Which I'm like, I love Bucky, so that's great. But I'm curious to see how he's going to represent America whether he's going to continue to kind of be uh, the thorn in the side of its leaders, whether he's going to be continuing sort of like speaking truth to power, whether he's going to be um, always leading up and fighting up, you know, like you know, rattling the cages and the walls of the government, saying you need to do better, what the hell? I'm curious about that, because that alone is a big enough tension, let alone you put in like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's going to be really interesting to watch. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, I mean, this is what I'm interested in with... Uh, this is a little tangent, but with the, new, with the next Superman movie as well, because... Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because we're getting a black Superman, 
right? Yes. Written by yeah. one of the best black authors around. He's done yeah. a lot of anti-racist work and yeah. talked about all those cool. issues. And yeah. so, like, and what Superman is meant to represent in the world is similar to Captain America. So, with those two movies, you know, those two heroes now being played by by black men, uh, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how how that pans out and how they tackle those big issues, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it because we need to hear those stories. We need to hear about these issues. And, yeah, um, And um, it's really great that both both um, DC and Marvel are uh, having the courage to kind of step out and, and do that. I'm curious. I'm also curious about, like, the pushback on... Because, I mean, like... Like I, I don't really care much for the DC versus Marvel thing, but no. just no, me either. My, my opinion is that DC is, um, in terms of companies, not not in terms of movies. Movies, there's no question, Marvel wins. But in terms of everything else, DC just has a bigger brand, I think, because Superman is just massive. It's huge. Yeah. And it's yeah. been huge forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I am curious to see what kind of pushback happens when they deliver to the world a black Superman. Mm. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm just going to sit back and laugh. <laughs> like it's, because people will be, I assume there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be um, just completely, in every cell and bone of their being, they will be so angry and bitter and frustrated with DC by ruining, by tainting, you know what I mean, their 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 God, their favorite character. Yeah. Making them black. That's right. And this isn't just Black Panther. This is the like the first superhero, the greatest the yeah, superhero, yeah. the greatest superhero of them all. The greatest that, that's right. And that's right. like played by a black man. And uh, written by a black man. And yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, like I heard, there's a a, a, a Latina Supergirl in yep. the next. Um, yep. Right. Yeah. People are freaking out already. I know, oh, and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you should have seen the reaction to a woman Doctor Who. It was oh the same, God. and that was just a woman, imagine. a white woman playing Doctor Who. I imagine. You know, like it was crazy. You know, it was like. Um, it's like, oh, Doctor Who's a man. I'm like, do you watch the show? Doctor Who's a Time Lord. Changes their body. He doesn't have a gender, really. Has even talked on the show about being a woman in their past. Right? <laughs> like, so no, sorry. Like, and it was like, it was all, of course, it was all white men who followed the show for, like, years, yeah, whining yeah. about it. And I'm like, and all the female fans are like, this is awesome. <laughs> great exactly because right? I have amazing. now I have my doctor like who I can be uh, yeah. Um, and um, yeah so these things are all really great you know um, I mean there's real rumours about an LGBTQ guy playing the doctor next and my gosh even just the rumours it wasn't even confirmed and oh my Twitter goes nuts like you know and I'm like um, but um, but yeah I mean that's to come back to you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, that show is kind of groundbreaking in a lot of ways. For all the things that we're talking about, 
because it really it was the first show that's really confronted that issue um, and the systemic, systemic racism in America and you know yeah. um, and white supremacy and kind of pitting them against each other you know or not against each other but side by side and yeah. like you actually see them in action in a superhero uh, space you know um and yeah um i mean i think that's that was like i know the issues that i've talked about on this podcast with other people you know but that's the thing i love about these stories is that they can make these issues um they can bring them home to us they you know make them relatable in a way they you know we can connect with these characters and we can connect with these stories and and suddenly these issues come to the fore and we can say oh i can understand this because i because i love this character and i and i'm having a connection with them and i i know their story and so when stuff happens to them like that that arrest scene with sam who we all know we've known for like 10 years you feel it it's like oh my gosh right so white i'm a white person so of course i don't have the experience of being a black person in america so when i saw that i was like oh wow yeah that's scary like i get it like um and i hope a lot of other white people did had the same experience watching that because it just brings that stuff home yeah i remember going back to that episode where uh walker killed that man who was working with the flag smashers i was uh sitting in a room with my kids and i was you know watching with my kids Mm. And uh, and so that scene came on, and I, and I was surprised um, that Disney let it happen in the show. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty violent. Like, this is a it's one of the most violent images I've ever seen." Yeah, it is. In it a really Marvel is. Show or yeah. movie, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it was it was perfect. It was well done, but man, that, that was really like violent and really grounded and. And so when you think, uh, I remember we had a chat about that and about, um, uh, like, police brutality. <laughs> and, and so, like, immediately, and, you know, my kids are 12 and 10, and so immediately we went right from there to talking about, like, wow, that was a pretty violent scene. And, and then moved to police brutality, the idea of, of you know unnecessary violence of the hatred of anger of how this plays out in the streets of america and of canada the idea of i remember reading uh something uh, months ago talking about um you know like this is this is the the power of american supremacy right here in this scene and i was like but, uh, so we talked about that uh, in car i mean carly had his line um, how like the corporates, like the, the government and the, and the and the corporations of America, that's those are the supremacists. And and I was like, this is it's such a heated moment. It's it speaks so much more than just Captain America killing somebody. Mm. It's so much like context subtext. There's so much happening in that scene. Um, apart from this really horrible, horrible act of violence that even my kids was kind of like you know that's for them this is a cool comic book show but for some reason in that moment they're kind of like hold on this Mm. is interesting dad (laughs) and that's the power of story that's the power of of these of of these characters this is why i I love 
this is why I love these these stories and these characters because they tell us like deeper truths about the world that we live in and about ourselves, right. and we connect with their stories and you know we resonate with their stories. Like I've said so many times, I I resonate so much with the story with Steve Rogers' story, his whole arc um, through the MCU. Like there's so many so many parts of that that I resonate with and. Um, and it helped me on my journey. It helped me understand my own journey um, because it kind of reflects it, reflected it back at me. And you know, that's that's what these things do, and that's why they're so important. Um, yeah, they're not just kind of comic book. They're not just kind of fantasy. They're not just like escapes. They, you know, they're they're reflections of of us and our world, and they tell us a lot about ourselves. And and that's so great, you know. And actually, the funny thing is, I was thinking of. Of, of you and your kids when watching it when when I was watching it thinking about this must be so must be so great for kind of for black kids to have a have a hero of their own yeah. like and not just Black Panther but like a like a major comic book hero as yeah. played by a black man you know and it's yeah. just it was just like this is awesome this is what we need you know um, I felt the same when, with the Supergirl casting as well yeah. Um, you know, it was um yeah. yeah. So Oh wow. Wow. Wow, eh? <laughs> this has been so great. I'm sure we could probably talk about this for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Like um and do like a ten hour podcast or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but um yeah, this has been a really great conversation and and I hope this has been kind of insightful for people listening. You know, this isn't um, this podcast kind of I tried to, to explore themes of kind of identity and transformation, spirituality, um, things like and things like systemic racism and um, um, and try to educate myself, trying to educate other people. And the reason I talk about these stories that I've done this that I've done this series is because these stories bring up a lot of these subjects and they connect with our stories and they they can like I was talking about just now they they reflect it back to us and they can help us and we can learn from we can learn from it. There's so much there's so much faith deconstruction and transformation and stuff in superhero stories um, yeah. and yeah. Star Wars stories. Uh, it's just it's all there if we look for it. And that's why I talk about it on this show. So, um, so thanks for coming on the show, Drew. And I'm sure we'll have you back sometime. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, awesome, man. Where yeah, can people... Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, man. And where can people find you online? Just. Uh... Yeah, you can find me on uh, on all social media platforms at Drew Brown Music. I, I made sure to grab all those when I first signed up, and um, and also uh, DrewBrownMusic.com. You can find me on my website, which is under construction right now. But it's, yeah, you can still poke around and see what's happening, and listen to music. Fantastic. That was the best place to find me. I love Twitter. I love Instagram. So I'm usually always doing something on those platforms. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, um, and uh, take care.